and dropped his body to the cold, hard floor with a thud. Cracking its own neck from left to right, it trampled over the lifeless body, the curate's bones crunching underfoot. The creature strode through the chancel and crept inside the doorway of the vestry where it waited. Silence wrapped itself around the pews, and the air hung low. All became still once more. The creature drooled in anticipation. It would not be long now. A bright white light descended through the stained glass windows, filtering through the entrance, finally reaching and then surrounding the lifeless body. The creature squinted and was forced to look away as the brightness filled the vast space, stepping back so the light would not spill over and touch him. She appeared. The creature snarled, excited that its plan had come to fruition. She sang, and the creature shriveled at the sound as she guided the reverend soul toward her. The angel paused for a moment, gently closing her eyes, concentrating on the energy. The light hovered in the air, and she directed it up into the glow that cascaded all around. She pushed her blonde locks from across her forehead before she moved her palm over the crystal gem that beamed, set in the nape of her neck. With her touch, the glow parted and the entrance to the first dimension opened. It sparkled in waves of silver and gold. She took a deep breath and smiled as the clergyman's energy passed across, disappearing into a blur, transferred into her world to Stiklau Plena. The light began to disperse, and she prepared to follow, but she hesitated. The gold cross around the neck of his hollow human form caught her gaze. She edged toward it and cupped it softly. She blew on it gently, and a twinkling white light swirled all around it, before finally being absorbed into the metal. Now whoever held it, would experience an undeniable sense of peace. She stared down sadly at the curate's expression and moved her fingertips to close his eyelids. She thanked him for his gift and readied herself to return. As she floated down the long church aisle, the angel felt once more for her gem so that she too could move across. Before she even had a chance to will it to life, She felt a searing pain as the creature's fangs tore through her chalk-white skin. She screamed in surprise and began to glow, trying to mask herself so that he couldn't see her. But it was too late. This was a pure-blood vampire, and he had already begun to fill her with his poison. She was paralyzed. Her gift stalled and dulled. Helpless, she dropped to the floor. As he twisted over her body, his fangs bored deeper into her neck, his poison spreading through her with such speed that her veins became swollen. He moved down her, running his clawed hand over her belly, searching. The angel's eyes widened in horror as his fangs pierced through her skin once again, this time reaching her child. His venom was agonizing. She could already feel the darkness changing the angel descendant that she was carrying. Her porcelain skin was bruised and marked with crimson.
When he had finished, he dragged her across the ground by her hair and glared at her with contempt. Finally, his eyes fixed on the crystal gem. The pure blood snorted and his uneven lips quivered as he salivated. The angel, still paralyzed from the vampire's poison, could do nothing to hide the crystal from his glare. He extended his free hand. Jagged talons protruded out of his knuckles. He gouged them into the back of her neck. Effortlessly, he extracted the crystal, detaching it from its rightful guardian. Satisfied with his work, he contemplated the gem, balancing it between his sharp claws. The angel lay with her cheek on the cold ground. From the corner of her eye, she saw Azrael. He appeared suddenly and propelled himself behind the pure-blood vampire.